Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska, where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. What's good, Alaska? This is Scott Levesque, and you're listening to the midweek edition of the Must Read Alaska podcast. I want to welcome you all. Thank you for joining with me. If you just have one moment, would you please give us a five-star review? Or if you want to take it a step further, go ahead and give us a written review as well. All of those help as people search podcasting and specifically Alaska politics on iTunes or if they're on the Google Play Store, wherever they are, it just helps with our ratings. So if you could take a moment and do that, that would be so beneficial for the Must Read Alaska brands. Also, I just want to welcome everybody to Christmas Eve. This is when you are probably listening to this podcast or maybe even a little bit after. If you haven't done your Christmas shopping yet, let me tell you, it seems to be busy everywhere, including heading out to the valley. So uh, make sure you get all your Christmas shopping done because tomorrow's the big day and I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas as well. Listen, from the Must Read Alaska crew here, I just want to be, again, the probably the thousandth time we've said that, but we meet it from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you so much for supporting Must Read Alaska. We try to provide the conservative viewpoint and news for everybody here in Alaska and even outside of Alaska because a lot of people are interested in what's going on up here in the last frontier. So because of you and because of your generous donations, we're able to provide copious amounts of content, and that is none other uh, represented than our fearless leader, Suzanne Downing. I appreciate her and her leadership. It's been great working with her as well as John Quick. So guys, if you want to continue supporting what we do, again, it's it's so essential, especially when we're trying to provide you the other side of the coin, a different lens or a different viewpoint for what's going on, not just in Anchorage or the Valley, but really all around Alaska, then go ahead and go to the mustreadalaska.com website. And at the top, right you'll see a donation page and really anything helps to make sure we can continue with this operation moving forward we don't have a big crew but the crew we do have tries to put out as much great content as we can to make sure that you guys are up to date on everything that's going on in Alaska and even some national news as well well what I want to do is I want to talk to you about two things that are going to be happening number one is next week next week's podcast listen is a it's a countdown of the top 10 stories of 2020. And of course, I know many of you are thinking, well, isn't the coronavirus, COVID-19, the top story? It could be. But what we're going to do is we're going to put out a couple of Facebook posts. And I'm asking you right now to engage in that. Uh, Tell me some of your top stories of the year here in Alaska. Uh, I'd like to keep it local because I think that's what people come to the podcast for. But like I said, anything that you can think of that's a top 10 story here in Alaska, I want you to share it. We're going to put out some Facebook posts for you to engage in and let us know. And and then uh, next week, I'm going to do a countdown of the top 10 stories of 2020 here in Alaska. So I just want to let you know that's coming down the pike. But today, I want to do something a little different. There was a lot of news uh, from Tuesday nights and, and of course, everything that's going on here with Lance Pruitt and District 27 and all that. But what I wanted to do this week is I wanted to give you the three 
things in 2020 I'm looking forward to. Because I think what we do a lot is we we have politics and, and a lot of times we're fighting and battling against ideas and we're battling against um, people on the other side, the left, whatever you want to say. We're doing a lot of that. And it, as it's Christmas Eve and as I reflect on the year and a lot of things went down, a lot of things that felt like it was a personal attack on our community, felt like it was an attack on our state. And that's not just counting COVID, it's accounting a lot of the policies and a lot of the uh, emergency orders that are enacted from our local municipality. But with that being said, I think there's some silver linings that we need to look at in 2021. So I'm going to take a bit of a different route this time around. Instead of talking to you about the news and and exactly what my perspective is on it and maybe giving you some uh, foresight into what could come down the pike, what I want to do is give you a little bit of a, 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 a silver lining of hope. Because I think there is when it comes to 2020 heading into 2021. Now, many of us are thinking, listen, we're still in the midst of a pandemic. We still have an emergency order in place. We still have people who are losing jobs, people who are not able to see loved ones, people who are restricted for travel, uh, people that are, you know, been hopped in their room or their house for months on end. Uh, the latest statistics on suicide attempts on depression, on anxiety, have been insurmountable almost. Um, it's been pretty astonishing. And and unfortunately, I think many people saw this coming as uh, the lockdowns continued and as, as restrictions intensified. I think many of us realized that in the midst of that, there was going to be um, unfortunate side effects it's not even a side effect. It's going to be unfortunate ramifications for what was happening. And there did come a time where some of us were questioning, listen, is the cure worse than the actual disease? Meaning, was all of this that was taking place to, quote, mitigate the spread of this virus going to cause greater harm than actual the actual mitigation itself? So there's all that going on. But as we look at what 2020 was and as we look at what kind of grew out of the situations we were put in, I think there's a lot to be excited about. And so that brings me to my first silver lining of 2021. And that's going to be this political activism on the right is gaining momentum. And for the first time, I think undeclareds are starting to move right. And what I mean by that is I think people are starting to see that many of the policies of the left, many of the ideas of the left, and many of the actual actions of those in power from the left have caused such damage to this community. Not only that, but if you even watch Tuesday night's assembly meeting, it became very clear that there is a, a resounding bias against conservative and or those who don't have the same ideas as those on the left. There is a clear bias there, and you're starting to see a shift in Anchorage. Now, I'm not saying that everybody's going to come down this you know, this side of the street, but what I am saying is there is momentum that is gaining in the populace in regards to an active resistance against left ideas. And I think you see this in a lot of the public testimony, I think you have people who are probably undeclared or maybe would consider themselves apolitical, 
uh, maybe even people who consider themselves exactly right down the middle, the centrist. You know, they have some, they may socially be left and conservative or fiscally be right or, you know, either way. What I'm telling you is, is that I believe the actions that were taken by the municipality and the assembly during 2020 have created a wave of momentum in the municipality towards conservative ideas, conservative policies, and the action of liberty and freedom. Now, what does that look like in 2021? Well, I can tell you this. I personally think, and in and, and talking with people, a lot of this is anecdotal at times, so you know, bear with me here. These are my silver linings. The people that I've talked to that are either actually more left-leaning or centrist have now decided that the policies that were enacted by, at the time, Ethan Berkowitz and now with the acting mayor, Austin Quid Davison, and this assembly have now persuaded them to look at more conservative candidates who value freedom, who value autonomy, who value liberty more than ever. And I'm talking probably 25 to 30 people I've talked to, whether I know them directly or people that have just spoken with me at events, have said that now they're looking towards that type of candidate. And what that actually does is it provides a lot more value to these conservative or even right-leaning candidates that are going to be, well, they're going to be up for mayor here in 2021. So I believe that the momentum created as a resistance to 2020 and the mandates that were enacted by this municipality and this assembly is going to create a wave of momentum for candidates that are going for the Anchorage mayor that have these conservative right-leaning ideas. So where does that leave us? I think that leaves us with a lot of things. One is that I think a lot of the, the inefficiencies, I think a lot of the um, mandates that were put in place, I think a lot of the misappropriation of funds when it comes to the CARES Act, all of that has an opportunity to be reversed. I know that there's summer candidates out there have said that is if they're elected mayor, they're going to sell buildings that were purchased through CARES Act funds, or at least were initially uh, going to be purchased through CARES Act funds to recoup that money and distribute it to businesses that have been hurt, damaged, or destroyed by these mandates. That resonates with people. Those ideas resonate with people more than ever, more than ever. So I think in 2021, you're going to see an interesting move of, and again, Registered Republicans or people that consider themselves conservative will generally vote that direction. You don't see a lot of crossover towards, uh, you know, more liberal or left candidates. But I, I think where the rubber meets the road in Anchorage is the, that large population of undeclareds. And it's a large population of them. And they really dictate and will dictate the outcome of uh, this election for our Anchorage mayor. And I think the momentum that was created by a resistance to the policies in the mandates and the emergency orders are going to help create momentum for a candidate that has conservative values and more right-leaning ideas. And I think that's a big win for this city. I think it's a big win. Anytime you give people more freedom and liberty and the opportunity to have autonomy over their lives, I think it only breeds success. So that is one piece of of my three-part silver lining.
Number two, silver lining. I think people are beginning to understand that educating themselves on their politicians is going to be crucial in ensuring that those that represent them actually do just that, represent them. Uh, It's been amazing to see the engagement of our community at a lot of these assembly meetings, which I've been to personally. During the summer, I was at a lot of the rallies and protests that took place outside the Lusak Library on both ends. And I can tell you that there is more than ever, there is a feeling of people who are engaged and engrossed in the process within their community when it comes to politics, when it comes to community councils, when it comes to engagement on um, letting their voice be heard and ordinances. I think this is all positive. And mainly what I've seen, and this is the second half of my part two silver lining, is that a lot of these engagements from our community are really leaning towards conservative and or freedom, liberty ideals. I've seen a lot of people whom I was shocked out there protesting a lot of these emergency orders and lockdowns during the summer and extending into the fall and winter. It has been pretty breathtaking to see that happening. A lot of people who I would have not assumed would have been involved in politics and many whom I've interviewed and talked to while they're observing and reporting have said to me, I've never been involved in politics. I never wanted to be involved in politics. But again, it goes to silver lining number one, directly correlating with silver lining number two, which is this, is that when policies and when politics intersects an individual's lives, they will get involved. And that has never been greater than during 2020 in this pandemic. It has been pretty astounding to see the engagement of people who would have never thought they would be outside holding a sign at all or chanting or protesting or whatever the deal may be. A lot of people I've talked to while I was covering those protests in the summer and in the fall and talking to people who were in the Lusak Library during public testimony have all expressed their shock that the fact that they would be involved in any sort of politicking, politics, any sort of community rebellion or whatever you want to call it. The idea is, is that there was a groundswell of people who had just been fed up of how much the emergency orders and policies coming out of the assembly have affected their lives, their livelihood, or people they know. And I think that's good news for Anchorage. I say that's good news because, like I've said to you before, I've seen more of that happening on the conservative side, on the side of liberty and freedom, than I have on the other side. I didn't see a ton of left-leaning protests. There were some, for sure. But generally speaking, throughout the summer and fall, and up until Tuesday night, with public testimony, a lot of these individuals are railing against the administration, both the Berkowitz administration and now the Quinn Davidson administration, as well as the assembly. It's it's a great silver lining for 2021 that many of those who are either uh, entertaining conservative values and or who have been in the midst and enthralled with conservative values from the outset 
are now re-engaging into the process within their communities and within the political sphere in Alaska in general. And I think that's going to be a big deal when we head into the the 2021 election for our, our mayor here in Anchorage. And the hope is, is that as we move down the road into 2022 and these assembly seats become available um again when assembly members are up for either re-election or we have individuals in place that hold the values that many people are looking for conservative values values of freedom and liberty if those individuals are up against the current assembly i would hope there would be more momentum that are moving towards either replacing those assembly members who the community that they represent do not feel like they are representing them or their best interests yet. And I think that's the thing is are they are we are we seeing a, a shift and a momentum towards really holding our assembly accountable for the actions that they take? And as we've seen in public testimony, people are infuriated with the the fact that the assembly does not seem to care or listen. A lot of times people don't even testify in terms of what the ordinance is, but we've seen people testifying to the fact that they feel the assembly in front of them is not even paying attention during public testimony. They'd rather be on their phone or on their computer. And that stuff resonates. That stuff gets out. People hear about that. Community members talk. And you start to see this backlash against what many feel is an apathetic or what some other people feel that I've heard is, you know, the assembly takes, quote, their moral high ground and they believe they know better than the community for which they represent and were put into office to represent. So I think that's big news. I think as we head into 2021, there is a, a, a great groundswell for that. And I'm really excited about what that means for, uh, for Anchorage in the future, because like I said, you're seeing that more on the rights. You're seeing that more on conservative values. You're seeing that more on liberty and freedom. And we bring these up because these are mainstays that seem to have gotten lost during this pandemic. And even when people bring actions that seem reasonable, it's it's no. There is no, there's no conversation. There's nothing. It's thanks for your testimony. It's over. Thanks for your idea. It's over. And, and the, the idea, the notion that you shut down the marketplace of ideas for just an idea, meaning the only idea available is the one that comes from a specific side and everything else should be censored or shut down or or not heard at all, does not play well in the community or in the political sphere as well. My third silver lining for 2021 is I think Alaskans are going to come together and work together. I mean, ordinary people in your neighborhood, Alaskans, are going to quit with the divisiveness and actually come together to work together because the state is going to need it. You're going to need your community. You're going to need your neighbor around you. You're going to need a lot of things. And as we move into 2021 in some uncertainty, whether it's at the presidential national level and what's going to happen with our economy and our, and our resource-rich state, or even at the local municipality level, when it comes to how are we going to recover from the economic mess that has been uh, that has been developing because of 2020 and because of the mandates and and the policies coming out of our our local municipality government, I think Alaskans are going to band together more than ever. And I'm wondering, I don't know the answer to this, uh, 
if this is going to breed itself a more moderate and or conservative leaning movement from that. Listen, the state of Alaska is going to go through a metamorphosis in 2021, particularly if Biden is in, on you know January 20th is sworn into office. There's a lot of executive orders that he's going to do that directly affect the state, shutting down of any sort of you know fracking or or drilling on federal lands is gone. Uh, the idea of mining and, and what that looks like and in and all of that is gone. Many, you know, the many of what we were hoping was going to happen in terms of using Alaska's resources responsibly. Uh, of course, we want to make sure we're responsible, but using Alaska's resources to help its economy is now taking a back seat with this administration. And if you read a lot on Must Read Alaska, a lot of what uh, what the Biden administration has put into place in terms of individuals into specific areas, EPA, um, a lot of these in individuals up for uh, the Department of Interior, and so forth, are not friendly Alaskan people. They, they want to shut down any sort of drilling. They want to shut down any sort of forestry. They don't want to do any mining. They want Alaska to be the big playground, and they don't want it to have an economy. It would feel like and so there's going to be a lot of tension moving forward. What is Alaska? What does this look like for Alaska? What is the Biden administration, which is four years, which can do a lot of damage to this community in this state in four years? What does that look like for Alaskans? And I think a lot of Alaskans right now, a lot of that I've talked to, and a lot of them have commented and, inter and have interacted with us on Facebook and mustreadalaska.com and our app and all that all feel the same pressure and anxiety. And what I'm noticing is, is it's not just those readers and listeners who we love here at Must Read Alaska and we value you guys, but it's also people on the street. It's people on that are commenting on ADN. It's people that are commenting on all the outlets that we have here in Alaska that are really concerned about what this administration looks like. Now, we have the zealots. We have the environmental, the eco-individuals. That are, you know, all four just making Alaska just one big park. But the reality is a lot of Alaskans need these industries to survive because this is how they survive. And I think that alone is going to start to bring Alaskans together, regardless of necessarily political affiliation. Because I think we're all fighting for the same thing, and that is... We, we want a good life. We want good jobs. We want to be able to provide for our family. We want to be able to provide for our kids. We want to be able to do things. We want to be able to enjoy our summers. There's a lot of things that Alaskans can, can really come together on. And sure, you have fringe groups on each side, and that's fine. But I think when you find the majority, the majority want liberty, and they want freedom, and they want the ability to make a, you know, the American dream happen in their life. And so I'm, I, I think a silver lining in 2021 is that Alaskans are going to start to come together. The divisiveness that have been here, based on political affiliation, for the most part, I think is going to take a backseat to the fact that a Biden administration could really damper our Alaskan community and ec the economy itself. And I think that concern is going to bind Alaskans together, which I think is great. I think I don't think that the administration and what they might do to our economy is great, 
But I do think Alaskans coming together is something we need. And I do think Alaskans coming together under the uh, under the banner of freedom and liberty and the American dream and what makes America America is going to be a big deal. Because let's just be honest with you, the hard left does not love America. That's the truth. Socialism and the fact of of taking away opportunity and shoving down um, ideology that does not align with people is, is not the American dream. It is not freedom. It is not liberty. It is not what I believe many, if not the majority of Laskins want. And so I think that idea, that idea of what America is, the idea of what Alaskans are, Alaskans are independent, which is why we have so many unregistered independents here in Alaska. We are independent thinkers. We want to do it our way. We don't need help. And if we get some, it's only because we had to. That type of mentality is going to bind people together. And I think in 2021, you're going to see that. And I'm really excited for that because I think that's going to be a massive step forward for Alaskans to finally take more ownership into not just their community. And what I mean by that is politically. Because all of this, what we've learned in 2021 is this, is that no matter if it's the state level, the national level, even even more so our local level politics, getting involved has to happen at the forefront. We need more engagement, particularly those that you know, have never been engaged before. We need that engagement because as people have seen, a lack of engagement leads to individuals being in office that do not represent you. They represent somebody else. Or what we've seen is they represent themselves. And so I think Alaskans coming together is going to be a silver lining in 2021. Well, that those are my three silver linings. That are going to be happening in 2021. I, I'm not Nostradamus. I'm not saying they're going to come true. I just see as I'm out there, as I'm reporting, as I'm talking with people, and as we're reading comments on Must Read Alaska and engaging with you guys, it is pretty clear that there is really a lot of um, things to to look forward to in 2021. And as we get through this pandemic together as a state and as a community, um, it's only going to enhance uh, our cohesion together as as Alaskans. So I, I really hope that does happen. Um, and I hope that that cohesion leads to people wanting more freedom, wanting more autonomy, wanting more liberty, wanting more ability to do what they feel is best for them and their family. Because I think that's what America is. That's what America was built on. And I think that's what Alaskans are. So as we close down, I just want to let you know, listen, if you have not, if you have not gotten that special someone a gift, one of the, the classy things you could do that I've done before is show, hey, look, I bought it for you. It's just not here yet. And if they love that special someone or maybe it's you, maybe you just want to treat yourself to a, a nice little gift every now and then, head over to mustreadalaska.com and click on the shop link. And there are some great things there for you to either get yourself or to get others. I mean, we've got hats, we've got gators, we've got t-shirts and sweatshirts and masks if you want that and and we've got everything we got bathing suits and coffee and coffee mugs i'm telling you we got it all there so i want to encourage you if you don't have a gift yet hey buy it print out the purchase the make sure you scratch out that date though and and tell that special someone hey i got you something it's just not here yet 
and it's from Must Read Alaska. So you know it's going to be awesome. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be here next week as well, and I believe next week uh, will be the last podcast that we do for the year 2020. That is right. It is the 31st next Thursday, so get ready. We're going to do our top 10 stories of 2020, so we're going to, again, put out Facebook posts for you to engage in because we want you to be a part of that, but from me and the Must Read Alaska crew, have yourself a Merry Christmas, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye.